following program is sponsored by Mission America and may contain views and opinions that do not reflect the views of the advertisers, staff, and owners of this station. Some material may not be suitable for children. Listener discretion is advised. Yeah, and to think I used to be a liberal, too. I didn't agree with teachers or anybody, for that matter, teaching my children that they didn't have the same opportunities as other children simply based on the color of their skin. People are finally getting it because the mass media has not been reporting on this accurately. It's only through conservative-leaning and Christian outlets that are actually telling the truth about the body. The books today that you're talking about, they're just much more militant, and they're targeting even younger children. These kids need to hear that no one is born this way. Our past silence as the church in America has reaped these horrific consequences that we're living through now. Yeah, and to think I used to be a liberal too. This is Mission America with Linda Harvey. Because with God, all things, all things, all things are still still possible. Good afternoon, friends, and welcome to Mission America Radio. I'm Linda Harvey, and I'm so very glad you've joined us this afternoon. Please visit our website at missionamerica.com. That's missionamerica.com for more information about our organization and to read news, articles, and Christian commentary on the culture. And don't forget to listen to our four-minute daily commentaries right here, Monday through Friday, on the Word Columbus at 1020 a.m. and on Also, be sure to check out all our resources for parents who want to be watchful about the culture's influence on your kids, and you can learn more right on our website at missionamerica.com. When you drop your child off at school, do you trust what's going to happen during the school day? Do you trust that your child will not be slowly or even rapidly persuaded to believe things that would curl your hair, that violate your most sacred values, and if acted upon will have enormous consequences for their lives. What if you found out that the teacher read storybooks about changing genders or that the class watched a video on that subject affirming that very troubling idea? And what if you discovered that teachers and counselors talked privately with your child and encouraged him or her to socially transition, that is, to dress and behave as the opposite sex, even if only while at school? What if you discovered that your child was keeping this new behavior from you and the teachers were going along with it, keeping you in the dark? Furious might describe most parents' reactions and then calling a lawyer and then possibly removing the child from that school. Not all these options are available to all families, though. And the bigger issue is, how dare they? How dare the schools mess with your child's mind, heart, and future sexual behavior, future fertility, and not inform you about what's going on? You know this is happening, and it's just another indicator that some public school staff do not have your child's best interests at heart. What they care much more about is an agenda, that is, confirming yet another person in an LGBTQ identity because it validates their own views and, for some of them, their own behavior. If they really cared about an individual child, they would do the research objectively and 
possibly a few of them change their own behaviors, but then realize how drastically harmful all this is to any young person. And any teacher who really cares about children would know that their parents are their legal guardians and that a solid family relationship is the most important factor, second only to belief in the Lord Jesus Christ in a child's life. So here in Ohio, it's heartbreaking to learn that we do have schools that are counseling teachers and staff that they have the option to withhold gender pretense behavior during the school day done by a student and withhold that knowledge from a parent. These secrecy packs are surely illegal, and when several current lawsuits in other states settle out, I believe the schools will stop this outrageous breach of trust. But how many children will be harmed in the meantime? So let me just tell you about the schools we know of in Ohio carrying on such policies. We know it's probably being done in other schools, but these are just the ones we know about. Olentangy Local Schools north of Columbus was the subject of an article recently at the website, the magazine National Review. They have new transgender guidelines, that's what it's called, that administrators and counselors have agreed on, and this document reads as follows, quote, A student's transgender status or gender assigned at birth is not considered directory information and therefore cannot be released without prior consent. It goes on to say that school staff shall not disclose information that may reveal a student's transgender status to others, including parents and other staff, unless legally required to do so, unquote. I would submit that they are legally required to do so. Then there's the principal at Brunswick Middle School. Now that's up near Cleveland. Uh, wrote in an email to teachers that if a student wishes a new name and pronouns at school, that quote, please abide by what the student wishes. We do not need parent permission to do so. And she went on to write, don't call parents and alert them, unquote. This, in my view, is criminal corruption of a child. We do not need schools that affirm, support, respect, open evidence of psychological disorder because that's what this is. It's also spiritual deception. These are troubled children just crying out for some kind of intervention to turn their confusion around before someone allows them to take actions that will harm them for the rest of their life. Children would move past such confusion if we would support them by holding biology and long-term health as our standards, not temporary destructive delusions and wild, bizarre, ungodly agendas. Another school with a transgender support plan is King's Local Schools near Cincinnati. That document is to be completed by school staff in the case of a student with gender confusion. And the phrasing on the the document tells you right away where the school stands on this agenda. There's one acceptable viewpoint. They are not going to criticize this confusion at all. The form asks for the student's assigned gender at birth and asks this question, quote, is student's parent guardian aware of student's gender identity? Yes or no? Are there considerations to be accounted for if the student's parent or guardian is unaware 
of the student's gender identity, unquote. So in other words, they're filling out this form, you know, what pronouns do they want? What new name do they want? Do the parents know? And what should we account for? In other words, they're allowing for teachers to keep the parents in the dark. They're going to do this, make out this plan with or without a parent's knowledge or consent. Teachers in both the Hilliard schools here in the Columbus area and Parma City schools up by Cleveland received full-on homosexual activist teacher training from outside speakers, hours of training. Both speakers recommended that if a student wishes, their at-school gender pretense not be shared with parents. Now, how do schools justify this behavior? There's several ways they're justifying it. Apparently, the Biden administration is giving so-called guidance. It's wicked and ungodly influence, but it's called, they call it guidance, by saying that non-discrimination policies on gender identity can be applied in this case. They cannot be accurately applied. A non-discrimination policy that, for instance, this school will not discriminate based on sex means sex, as in biology. There is no place where these policies were written that did not intend for the term sex to mean biology. That is also true in Title IX federal law. Many, many schools, however, have added sexual orientation and gender identity as categories in their school non-discrimination policies. There are also some city and state policies that may apply as well. So there are a number of these civil rights codes, these non-discrimination policies that schools may cite. It's not accurate to apply this to doing something with a minor child behind a parent's back. Now, we also have the Biden administration putting pressure on schools to accept the confused gender agenda um, through federal money and federal funding. They are planning to cut federal funds for school lunches unless schools allow boys in girls' restrooms, allow openly transgender teachers, and mandate pronoun misuse mythological pronouns, in other words, in schools. It becomes more important than ever that we pass measures in our states that will circumvent all this, outlining sane policies on the gender identity issue and not let federal funding hold local schools hostage. And also, by the way, poor students, think about that, hostage to the wicked Biden sexual anarchist agenda. So what can we do? Well, friends, we must keep our cool, for one thing, even while we are determined to use every lawful means to try to overcome this. We are living in a very troubling time, so let's not walk into any traps and misbehave ourselves. Behave in a civil and lawful fashion. Make sure, however, you do make your viewpoint known at school. Make sure the schools know that, guess what? That is not the only viewpoint. There is an entirely other viewpoint, and lots of stakeholders have the the viewpoint that homosexuality and gender confusion are wrong to present to children at all, and certainly wrong to uphold as worthwhile behaviors. Make sure you are registered to vote, and make sure you support conservative school board candidates or consider becoming one yourself. Be sure to vote in the second primary that's coming up in early August here in Ohio and also vote in the November election. We can make a difference. The Democrats know they're going too far. They know that this radical agenda, this is just one of the many that they have, that most people are going, I cannot take this anymore. We are voting these people out. 
if our votes are lawful and lawfully counted, these people will be gone very soon from their offices. However, however, will it be a lawful count? And it's going to take everybody to chime in here and vote because we care about not just our children and our grandchildren, but we care about America. These schools are trying to transform America using vulnerable and impressionable school children to do so. We must use every lawful tool we have in voting and speaking up at the school in a civilized way, of course, are things we can do. Or you can remove your children from public schools altogether, and that's probably the best solution all the way around. But we still have to turn these schools around because of the very poor influence on these vulnerable children. So even if you have your own children or grandchildren at another school, you're still paying taxes, at least for now, until school choice kicks in, and I hope that that does at some point in the not-too-near future, where the money can follow the child even to a Christian school or homeschooling. But maybe we can change the hearts and minds of some teachers and staff. Let's not give up on that. Many of you will know, and I have this in the beginning of my show opening, that I once was also a progressive agnostic, a liberal, and I changed my mind completely after I became a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what it took for me, proving once more that with God, all things are possible. So keep praying, friends, and keep making your civilized voice heard. Keep your eyes open. And one thing we do have that we can celebrate that was done recently at the Ohio State House that the Ohio House of Representatives passed House Bill 61. It was attached as an amendment to another bill on a school issue. That's the Save Women's Sports Act, which would require that biological males be on, guess what, biological male boys teams, both for high schools and for uh, colleges and universities. And if there's a question that the student would have a doctor provide a statement verifying biological sex. Now, it passed 56 to 28, the Ohio House. Now it goes to the Senate, and they're not going to be meeting much this summer, so we may not see this bill brought out for uh, a vote and passed, hopefully, in the Senate, and then signed by Governor DeWine. Now, he indicated last year that he was not in favor of this. I think the NCAA is putting pressure on a lot of these these states because there are now 16 or 17 states, including Indiana, that have passed similar bills. And in Indiana, Utah, and Kentucky, the legislatures overrode their governor's veto. So the NCAA and and here, the high school athletic associations, the Ohio one here, are putting pressure on the governors and on these some of these legislators. We need to do the right thing. The Ohio High School Athletic Association allows gender-confused boys to be on girls' teams under certain condition, including having a year of hormone therapy. That does not make it any different. Most boys will always have an advantage over most girls. So, folks, we need to put pressure on Republican leaders to do the right thing. So this vote came on June 1st, the first day of so-called Pride Month, which we're all suffering through here. And be sure to contact your state house senator and tell them to please vote for the Save Women's Sports Act when it comes up. We will be back following these messages here on Mission America Radio with Linda Harvey. Don't go away. We will return shortly. 
Friends, I want to make sure you know about all the resources you can access at our missionamerica.com website. And also, I want to make sure you know you now have the option of a safe, secure online donation at Mission America if you are so moved to support our ministry. So go to missionamerica.com for more information. And thank you so much for your prayers and support. Today's program is pre-recorded. To learn more, log on to missionamerica.com. Now, here's Linda. And we're talking today about schools that are misbehaving badly in holding secrecy packs with some students over their at-school gender pretense behavior, not informing parents of something that every parent would want to know, and that is your son or daughter wants to dress as the opposite sex at school, be called a different name, and use different pronouns. And we are going along with that because we fear you, parents, because you're the enemy. You know, when would that ever be? a valid position of a school to take, that parents are the enemy. The only time they might take that position is if they want to radically change your child's values, mind, and life with or without your permission. That's revolution, friends. And guess what? I think most parents are not going to hand their children over to schools willingly and let them become tools and agents of an American revolution, especially believers. We know all of this is, as I've said many times, an ungodly agenda. And I mean that literally. The Lord is not behind what's going on here. They can talk all they want to using the suicide card that is always played, that if you don't go along with what we want to do with children, they will commit suicide. I think that has virtually no credibility in actual lives on the ground. That encouraging a child to stay with their own biological body and embrace a heterosexual future, remain abstinent until marriage, and marry someone of the opposite sex, that all of that is a tragic suicide-producing situation. I'm sorry, saner heads should prevail here. While we're supporting kids who are troubled, we definitely have always been able to do that. They're building a house of cards with flimsy, sloppy research, and we need to tell the truth about what's really going on here. I reported to you recently about a situation in Wisconsin where three middle school boys had been charged with, quote, sexual harassment, unquote, using, again, the Obama-Biden phony baloney version of Title IX, the 1972 federal law that was written to promote more programs for girls in schools like sports, uh, and, and then also it's now been turned around to prohibit sexual harassment in schools. Uh, there are various policies that are being quoted by the Biden administration on this. Well, this middle school mom was interviewed by the media where the principal calls her and says, uh, you need to come to the school and we're charging your 13-year-old son with sexual harassment. And she's thinking to herself, what? What? This is not my son. Sexual harassment is, you know, like rape or something. No, this is not possible. She finds out what they're charging her son with and two other boys involved in a verbal confrontation with a gender-confused student. It was over pronouns. 
they had they were refusing to call this i think it is a girl who wanted to be known as a boy by opposite sex pronouns or plural pronouns you know they instead of he or she the schools are asking our kids to lie and they're punishing them when they won't lie about these obvious objectively provable biological realities this you don't want to send your kids to schools where they are punishing your children and even turning it into a legal situation or a possible criminal situation uh, if they won't lie. There's something really wrong with that. Well, the good news is that the school in Wisconsin withdrew these charges, but this may have influenced the school to do this. I don't know. There were several bomb threats made to the school. Supposedly, the person making the threat for the bomb, and they never found any bombs, by the way, said that if you don't drop these charges, uh, there's going to be a bomb. I haven't heard this in the national media. Have you? No. And I think I know the reason that maybe this will come out in reporting or maybe not. I bet you anything, this is a phony hate crime set up by the people who are promoting the LGBTQ lifestyles or sympathetic to that viewpoint and are wanting to pin something on the so-called conservative viewpoint. There are so many tricks and devious tactics being deployed now, friends. We have to be very careful. This has been going on for 20 or even 30 years where the left has been trying to set conservatives up as the equivalent of Nazis or the Ku Klux Klan. The biggest generator of this false narrative is the Southern Poverty Law Center, which is a private group. They have no credibility any longer on a number of fronts. They're a fundraising machine and all their leaders, most of their leaders were accused of sexual harassment by their own staff. So they have many problems, many credibility problems. But one of the biggest ones is that they have been labeling Christian conservative groups as so-called hate groups. If you take a stand that marriage is between a man and a woman and that homosexuality and gender deviance might not be really wonderful lifestyles for anyone, including our children. Well, if you've listened to this program for any length of time, you know that I have a a personal bias on this because I have been labeled Mission America. Our organization has been labeled as a so-called hate group, which is completely laughable. We are, I am one of the most tame and boring people. My children would tell you, mom, you're boring. Uh, Nothing like a hate group here. Um, This doesn't fit in any way, shape, or form. Our track record doesn't support that. We are conservative Christians who talk about a biblical stand on homosexuality. Well, once again, recently, this Southern Poverty Law Center labeling, mislabeling of us came up regarding another recent piece of legislation down at the Ohio State House, House Bill 616, which would ban the teaching of sexual orientation and gender identity in grades K through 3 and racially divisive teaching as well. This bill would ban critical race theory influenced teaching in schools. But there was a debate that was going to be on this or a forum on this at the Columbus Metropolitan Club. Well, they had a whole slate of people on this panel on House Bill 616. And the name of the forum was the Don't Say Gay, Don't Mention Race Bill, which tells you right away where the viewpoint was going to come from. Well, they invited me 
to come on. I was not, of course, looking forward to to the environment that this was going to be probably, but I was certainly willing to do it. So I was very happy to say yes. Less than 24 hours later, they withdrew the speaking slot. And when I called and asked why, I had a discussion with the executive director. It was because of the hate label by the Southern Poverty Law Center. And I said to them, well, where did you get this information, first of all? Well, from a stakeholder. That's their new term, a stakeholder. And I said, really? And I said, guess what? We're stakeholders too. Why? Southern Poverty Law Center is a private group. They have their right to their opinion, but it's a smear campaign by a private group. We have to be very wise friends and use our voices very strategically and carefully, always relying on the Lord's leading using civil and lawful tactics only. But let's always remember that with God, all things are still possible. I hope you have a great day.